Welcome to Real Herbalism Radio, show 160, coming to you live from River Road Studios in Eugene, Oregon. This show is sponsored by Hunter Creation, graphic designers and website designers, putting your marketing ideas into reality. Call them for business cards, brochures, printing, logos, you name it, they got you covered. Contact them at huntercreation.com. And Occupy Medical. Occupy Medical is a new home, 1717 Centennial. We have two suites open, one for medical and one for hospitality. And as always, we are a integrated health clinic, and now we're in Springfield, Oregon. We're a 501c3. Check us out at occupy-medical.org. Ace High Heat Graphics, custom and printed apparel, shirts, pants, you name it. You want to put your logo on it or a message for your group, it's a great way to raise money. Um, they can help you out and help you find the best way to maximize your fundraising money. Contact them at sales at acehighheatgraphics.com. And Sue Lupe. Uh, Sierra Lupe Herbal Consulting is my consulting site, and you can get a hold of me for help with your existing diagnosis. I work with prescriptions um, that you already have and integrating those. And you can get a hold of me at Sierra Lupe Herbal Consulting dot Gmail dot oh at Gmail dot com. Actually, so I think it's Sierra Lupe. Herbal consulting at gmail.com. Not what I said? No, you added your Sue on front of it. Oh, okay. You know where you can get a hold of me? Let me tell you. It's at Sierra Lupe Herbal Consulting at gmail.com. There you go. <laughs> and get healthy now with Candace. Get healthy now with Candace is all about connecting people with plants to transform lives. Candace, myself, I, I, you, <laughs> I am accepting new clients. So if you'd like to sign up for a consult, you can check it out, get on the schedule, go to gethealthynowwithcandice.com. So, you know, we love doing this every week and we love meeting at our new studio space and, and doing mm -hmm. this recording. Uh, but there's another part that we love about it and, and uh, it is producing all the information. But the more important thing is, is that how can people help us help them? Yeah. And there's multiple ways. So one of the ways is they can buy our eBooks on Amazon. Mm -hmm. If they searched the Practical Herbalist Press on Amazon, they'd find nine to 10 uh, books that um, they could uh, download and or not download buy and they, they put on their Kindle or other mm -hmm. reading device like an iPad or a computer. That's a really great way that that's a little small part that helps us keep doing what we're doing. Uh, another way is if you're not big on eBooks, but you shop on Amazon, did you know that if you click on any one of our links in our stories or our stories or articles mm -hmm. that on our website, right? You don't have to buy that item. The links that go to Amazon, right? Yeah, yeah, right. So the so the Amazon links that are on our store on our site, um, like on our show notes, for instance, for this show, there'll probably be a couple books that we've referenced yes. in our conversation. There'll be a link there, and if you want to buy that book, great. But let's say you don't. Let's say you go there and you decide that you don't like it, mm -hmm. but you have other things to shop for that day. Yep, like every, a pizza oven. Right, like a pizza oven. So everything that you would purchase, be nice. every, I wouldn't mind one of them. Everything <laughs> you purchase that day or that during that that um, that event, that shopping session, we get a referral for that. Mm -hmm. So that's another way that you can support the practical herbalist without even actually spending any money supporting the practical herbalist. Without spending right. anything that you wouldn't have already spent. Right, right. Like Christmas is coming. Exactly, and it doesn't it cost. Is. Yeah, you don't it get. Is. You don't doesn't cost you any more to shop that way. Amazon uh -huh. pays us as a referral partner 
to send you their way. Right. So it's right. a great way for um, you to support the practical herb without really having to open up your wallet and saying, I'm going to give you money. Mm-hmm. Now, if that's the way you like to support us, there's another way. That there is Herbal, Herbal Nerd Society. Society. Exactly. The Herbal Nerd that's Society. Right. That's direct support to us. If you become an Herbal Nerd Society member, you help fund uh, Sue and Candice's ability to do those special in-depth articles that they do. They spend hours um, writing them and researching them. Then there's also the Herb of the Month, uh, not Herb of the Month, but the Let's Talk series where, you know, when we have a guest here that's really interesting, it's a new cool topic. We ask them to stay longer. So that's more time that we, we put in together for you guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing that, that uh, you'll have is access to 140 podcasts that no one else can hear anymore because they are in the archive. And that's another thing that you get. And, you know, the cool thing about all this is it's cheap. I mean, we're yeah. talking 17 cents a day. Yeah. Or 99 a month or yeah. for or, the whole year. Yeah, 49.99. Yeah, so you get basically you get two months free if you go for the whole year. Yep. Yeah. I yeah. mean, you know, that, that's less a great deal. Bucks. It's, yeah, less than 50 bucks. And, that, and it's a class you're getting in exchange for supporting us, basically. Yeah. We're going through herb by herb, exactly the way that we've been telling everybody for years. This is how we want you to learn it. Learn it herb by herb. The beauty of it, too, is that the Herbal Nerd Society, last year's class is still available. All the articles are That's available. Right. So a lot of stuff there. Yeah. Right. A lot of uh, websites that you you do learning programs for them, and they have a finite amount of time that they're going to be up or they're running that program or that seminar or that special. Uh, the, the, our stuff's always up. Once you're a member, you get it. It's there. Yeah. So it's a really great way. And, again, 17 cents a day. Yeah. I can't beat that. Nope, not with a stick. I mean, mm-hmm. you can't can't park anywhere for that. You can't. I mean, I can't try to think what I could buy for seventeen cents if I go to the store. Not a lot. Not a lot. Couple so, of bananas. Couple of bananas. So, if you are <laughs> interested in joining the Practical Herbalist Herbal Nurse Society, there's two ways you can do it. If you find an article you really want to read and you click on it, and it'll say, "Oh, gotta log in," and it'll bring you to a login page. But if you want to not be frightened when you see that login page. If you go to the practicalherbalist.com, at the very top, there's a Join the Herbal Nerd Society tab, a little button there. Click there, open up the page, and you can choose between monthly or yearly, and you'll be set. And then you'll be a member, and you get all those benefits we talked about. And it'll be fun. It'll be a party. It is fun. It'll be an herbal party. It's an herb party. All right. So, on with the show. As herbalism has grown in popularity over the past couple of decades, we herbalists have seen an explosion in the number of practicing herbalists and quality of care they provide. In many ways, that's been a true gift to our field, but it's come with some challenges too. Today we're talking with Thomas Easley, director of the Eclectic School of Herbal Medicine and founder of Functional Herbalism, about how herbalists are changing the world and our field. Now here are your hosts, Candace Hunter and Sue Sierra Lupe. I'm Candace Hunter. And I'm Sue Sierra Lupe. And, and welcome, welcome to, to Real Herbalism, Herbalism Radio. Hello, Thomas. Hi. Welcome. I'm glad to be here. Yeah. You're here in the flesh. In, like, yes. not over the phone, but right, actually in person. In studio. Yep. <laughs> Sounds all fancy. Yes, indeed. Well, yeah, you're here to, to speak at the Free, the Herb, free, free Herbalism Project. Project. Yep. yep. And that will be available. Um, I know that Mountain Rose puts that out as a podcast. Yes. And so possibly by the time that some this, point. <laughs> this interview airs, that people will also be able to listen to your your oh, talk. Yeah, which great. Would be very It'd nice. Be awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, you're here in Oregon, and the the thing that we've talked to you about before is 
kind of the definition for clinical herbalism, okay, what that now, means. Okay, now, let's back that up. What? I want to know what functional herbalism is. Oh, oh that's a good idea. Let's talk about that. <laughs> Ignore Sue. I love that. The Journal Listen of Functional Herbalism. Functional. Sure. Her- let's talk about that. First. And then we'll get to clinical. Okay, I'm second. Right. So uh, functional herbalism is the style of practice uh, that I developed uh, Um, that incorporates uh, kind of equal parts traditional Western herbalism with clinical nutrition and functional medicine. And uh, I was trained as a folk herbalist uh, and only practiced folk herbalism for about five years. That's about all we had back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, then what I found was like herbs worked great to... 70, 80% of the time. And then like, even when people did what I ask them to, and I'm like practicing good herbalism, sometimes it just wasn't enough. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, so I started incorporating nutrition and saw some of those uh, holes kind of like fill in, in my practice. uh, That makes a huge difference. Yeah. What I try to tell students is like, uh, you know, Blue vervain is a, a really wonderful, relaxing, nerving for people that have stiff necks and shoulders. But people's uh, stiff neck and shoulders wasn't caused by a deficiency of blue vervain. Right. right. And, right. and sometimes magnesium is all that you need uh, to yeah. get rid of your tense uh, muscles. Uh, yeah. If we give blue vervain when it's actually induced by a magnesium deficiency, are we helping or hurting? Are we potentially masking a symptom or not? Right. Yeah. It's about the same as just taking some ibuprofen or something like that. Yeah. Which is, it's, I mean, sometimes you need ibuprofen. Sometimes Mm -hmm. you need blue vervain, but sometimes uh, you can mask uh, uh, causes of problems by treating the symptom and not getting deeper. Mm -hmm. And what I found uh, in folk herbalism is that while it was really effective for a lot of things, uh, sometimes it just wasn't getting deep enough and uh, nutrition helped to fill in those gaps. And then I guess it was probably uh, 2006 or seven. I reconnected with a childhood friend that uh, had uh, moved to Portland and uh, become a naturopath. And uh, she wanted to learn uh, herbalism. Nice. And uh, I wanted to learn how to read blood work. Oh, nice. And uh, so uh, we uh, set up uh, these uh, phone calls and uh, taught each other. And she taught me, you know, naturopathy. And I taught her uh, folk herbalism and energetics, which she hadn't gotten in school. And uh, um, that is a beautiful synergy. Yeah, it, it really, it worked well. And then as uh, mainstream medicine caught on that naturopathy had something to offer, they kept tweaking the name of what they were going to call it, right? So it was, uh, yeah. <laughs> originally it was alternative medicine, and then it was complementary alternative medicine, and then it was integrative medicine. And the latest buzzword has been functional medicine. And, yeah. and functional medicine is just uh, the the word, the term that uh, uh, medical doctors and people trained in allopathy uh, use to describe like 10-year-old watered-down naturopathic philosophy without vitalism. Well, it's a right. fabulous yeah. term yeah. because and it basically acknowledges that at this point, regular allopathic medicine is not really that functional. Yes. yes. Not necessarily because of the constraints of medicine itself, right. but because of the fact that it's so capitalist. Yes. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And uh, there are some amazing things in the functional medicine world. 
And there's also a fair bit of green allopathy where they're just substituting a, a right. plant or a proprietary supplement or formula in place of a medicine yeah. and still not to yeah. digging into the root, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So my entire career, my thought has been, uh, who cares where it comes from, right? right. If it works, uh, use it. Right. And uh, so that's uh, the eclectic physicians yeah. of the say, 1800s. The that eclectic, was their, yeah. yeah, that was their philosophy is mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what tradition it comes from, if it works, use it. And so I've uh, adopted uh, that philosophy um, at my school and uh, kind of the evolution of my personal practice has been to incorporate the best of functional medicine and clinical nutrition with my folk herbalism roots. Uh, yes. And uh, that model uh, is uh, what we call functional herbalism. Nice. That integrates nice. really well with the patient-centered care model that the clinic that I volunteer in follows, where the important thing is that the patient feels comfortable with what they've got, that they're making those choices. And if, if, it's, a, if it's something within my scope, that's fabulous. I can easily help them with that. If it's something that is a little not not my comfort zone, I have a volunteer that will help them walk them through that. So I have doctors, I have nurse practitioners. We even have people that are acupuncturists. I am not an acupuncturist, mm-hmm. but if that's what they want, I'm going to find them an acupuncturist so right. they can get what they need. It's patient-centered care, and that's pretty much what you're talking about. Yeah, it, it really is. Um, you know, we developed the term functional herbalism to describe our style, uh, but really there's a lot of people that practice in a similar style. Another motivation for developing and then trademarking uh, the term functional herbalism was so that uh, when somebody said uh, they were a functional herbalist, uh, I knew what that meant. Mm-hmm. Yes. And uh, so, yeah. you know, to, to use the title functional herbalist, uh, you have to uh, pass uh, an exam mm-hmm. that's pretty grueling and comprehensive. Uh, you know, I think the average is uh, somewhere around 60 to 80 pages of short answer and essays. Uh, Ooh, um, yeah. And uh, you have to commit to 30 CEUs every year. You have to commit to a review of your clinical cases. Uh, it uh, yeah. make sure that... Uh, at least to the best of my ability, I know that people using uh, that term are actually practicing mm-hmm. actively and continuing their education and continuing to learn and grow. Well, that's yeah. great because I, as a clinic manager, I run into this problem constantly. People come in and they want to volunteer at the clinic and they'll wave a paper in front of me and say, I've graduated I'm from certified. This I'm certified. Yeah. From- and certified doesn't mean doesn't mean Much. jack diddly. Yeah. And, you know, my, my patients are really, really sick. Mm-hmm. You know, they're very v- fragile and they are very vulnerable. And there's, there is a very narrow section of clinical herbalists that have the capacity of working with them. Mm-hmm. You know, just there's, doesn't mean that other people working with other populations aren't qualified. It just means to be with this particular group of folks, there's a lot of things that they have to know that you don't normally get in an herb school. Mm-hmm. So to, to, you have to integrate with a doctor, yeah. you know, you, and there's some personality types that don't work well in our, as you, you've been to our clinics, so you can imagine there are some personality right. yeah. types that they're not going to work very well. If you're very sensitive, that's not going to work well. We've got a lot coming at people all the time. So just that piece, let alone being aware of what the evidence-based medicine is out there, being willing to go out and read 
like Candace and I are reading stuff all the time, mm-hmm. research oh, yeah. and different things like that. Yeah. Be- you know, we have an incentive an to intense, do that. Yeah, it's an intense experience. That's part of why I haven't volunteered because I'm like, no, I'm much too sensitive to be in that place. Yeah. However, it's not right for me. <laughs> I, I pick at her brain all the time because yeah. she's all, you know, she's reading as much as I am. Mm-hmm. You have to be constantly on it. You're yeah. constantly on it. And to have something where, like, this is what I've been asking for all the time. And if I had something that would just check some of the folks that are coming then, right. if they have yeah. some kind of proof that they've at least been able to master some basics. I've had herbalists come in, they don't even know what a blood pressure means. Right. They don't, they don't know what it means. They couldn't tell me what, what 120 over 80, they don't even know what that means. Right. Right. These are super basic things to triage a person. Yeah. Not so much. Yeah. And it's not for everybody. I get it. But for this particular clinic, it's mandatory. Well, I think that herbalism is uh, so broad that it can fit many roles. Yes, and, and uh, it should. And yes. it should. And it should. Yes. And uh, I, uh, I have no illusions uh, that uh, functional herbalism is uh, superior to any other form of herbalism. Correct. Right. But uh, I know exactly what it means. It's clear. It's yeah. uh, clearly yeah. defined. Like this is, okay, here's the clinical herbalism thing. It used to be that you would say, oh, I'm a clinical herbalist. And it was clear that that meant that someone who saw a clinical herbalist would go in, they expect to sit down, spend a length of time, whatever that may be, talking about health history and various, you know, current symptomology and and mm-hmm. whatever else, and then walk out with an idea of what to do next, probably with some herbs in hand. Mm-hmm. That was what clinical herbalism used to me. Yeah. Now, I'm not so sure that that's really what it means anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, what do you guys think? Now, a word from Thomas Easley about the Journal of Functional Herbalism. The Journal of Functional Herbalism is a free online journal promoting the integration of traditional Western herbalism, clinical nutrition, and functional medicine. It's published by the Eclectic School of Herbal Medicine, and you can find the Journal of Functional Herbalism at functionalherbalism.com. I know that there are a lot of people that uh, have been given the title clinical herbalist or title themselves clinical herbalist that don't practice anything anywhere near the way that I practice. Uh, And uh, there's no judgment in that, Mm -hmm. but uh, I don't know what to to expect uh, when I sit down to talk with somebody who uh, is a clinical herbalist. Right. And uh, 15 years ago, I didn't know what to expect. Yeah. That's what I mean. I mean, I'm in BNI, right? And Mm -hmm. in BNI, I have said, I am an herbalist. BNI stands for business networking international. Mm -hmm. And, you can always contact me to ask about it. Yes, you can. I'm one of three herbalists who have declared themselves as herbalists in BNI. And when I talk to people and I say I'm an herbalist, they say things like, oh, yeah, you know, I love that, you know, that tea that I got from the grocery store that's got some herbs in it. I use that whenever I get sick with a plant. I'm an herbalist, too. <laughs> and I'm like, well, yeah, but that's not a business. Mm-hmm. You're not doing it, practicing it professionally. So I've I've tried many different ways of languaging it, but ultimately I think the term herbalist has gotten really watered down considerably. It, has. it absolutely has. And I do think that it's important. I mean, I think to me the people who bring herbs into their house and use them to deal with flus and colds and things like that, mm-hmm. that's just like to me that seems like well that's just normal living. 
Mm-hmm. That doesn't make you an herbalist. That's just what you should do if you are smart and practical about taking care of your health and family. But, but it's so it's, new to a lot of different people. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I mean, we're we're in, in, in the catbird seat here. Yeah. So you yeah. and I have been herbalists for a long time. Right. So for someone to say, "Hey, I just tried echinacea. Have you heard of that?" You know, you're like, "Yeah, yeah. Yes. yes, I have. Yes, <laughs> yes, indeed." Did the echinacea that you try give a little tingle in your mouth? No, is it supposed to? Well, let's well, talk about that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, it's just there's a difference between using an herb and being an herbalist. Yes. And we want to empower everybody yes. to bring more good nutrition and the potency of Everybody herbs should be life. an herbalist. You should Not everybody's a clinical herbalist. Correct. Clinical herbalist should be more clearly defined, but it's not. Yeah. We should have wonderful plants in our life. We should have a plant-based diet. We should know all kinds of different alternatives for healing ourselves. We should know how our bodies work. That That is my dream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that should be base level education. It should be. Right. And right. That's one, one of the think, reasons why yeah. we started this podcast. Mm-hmm. Yes. Is because it was another way to, to share all that information that we think of as basic, but unfortunately is, is not as basic as we would like. But what you're talking about. Yeah, well, and uh, so I don't know that uh, my idea is like the solution, but it's a solution. Well, there's not only one problem. Yeah, so that's of true. course, well, yeah. I mean, a hundred years ago, roughly, there were multiple schools, and they were clear. If you were in, a, in the eclectic school, or if you were following them, or Thomsonian, or physiomedicalist, or homeopathic, exactly, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. they all had clarity. If you said you're a homeopathic physician, or the scope there was a specific modality. way way that you're practicing, the types of herbs and how you're using them, what someone would expect. Someone could say, "Oh, I'm going to a homeopath." They know what they're going to get when they walk in the door. Mm-hmm. We don't really have that because we it was all destroyed and it's re-evolving. And I think, Thomas, you're at the front edge of that with starting to develop and be clear about this is what this school is. And if you practice this and use this name to describe yourself, it means mm-hmm. this. That's what I'm hoping for. Um, you know, I also... I also feel not great to, about to being uh, like the only school that you can get the designation from. The gatekeeper. The gatekeeper, right? Mm-hmm. And so uh, what I'm working on is uh, I've talked with several uh, herbal elders uh, about uh, right, right now the designation is given to graduates uh, of my school that pass my final exam, which mm-hmm. is a, a four 12-hour day final exam that's really grueling. Um, and you know, if you miss a red flag, uh, you fail the entire exam, and right. uh, um, and maybe that's because in real too much. life, if you miss that red flag, you may have killed somebody. Yes, that's yeah, true. Yeah. Right. So, um, what my plans are is uh, late summer, early fall, to offer an exam uh, for free, open to the public, uh, based upon my current final exam. That will be uh, an exam of uh, basic competency screening for your knowledge of uh, physiology, pathophysiology, red flags, nutrition, basic herbalism. And uh, then you don't have to graduate my school to Mm -hmm. use the title of functional herbalist. And at no cost, uh, if you pass the exam, you get listed on our practitioner directory. Uh, 
I created functional herbalism not because of any financial incentive. I simply want to know that to the person that I refer someone to, without a shadow of a doubt, is a competent practitioner. Mm-hmm. Nice. So, so the yeah. person that was taking it, because you're dealing with a lot of people that have full-time jobs or mm-hmm. whatever, they would be able to take it over a period of time? No, they would have to come on site and take oh, it. Oh, really? It, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, it's yeah, not it's open book. That, uh, it, it's, it's the, the only, only way, way I know to do it. I could see eventually having several locations that it was offered with mm-hmm. a couple of different, uh, you know, proctors in different regions. Mm-hmm. But our first mm-hmm. exam will be on campus in North Carolina. And, uh, Makes sense. Yeah. It, okay. it, it's the beginning of the way it was done. Mm-hmm. You know, a couple hundred years ago, there's your school mm-hmm. and you're serious and you're you mm-hmm. know uncompromising in your standards and you will have students, one or two of them initially, who mm-hmm. will be, yeah, I want to be as uncompromising and they want to establish a school mm-hmm. and they will become and it will grow. I mean, it, you'll I have so. more and more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's really important because. The reality is, as herbalists, we're seeing more herbalists in clinics opening up their own clinics and -hmm. and doing more complex stuff. Yeah, I'm seeing more people teaching herbalism than practicing herbalism. Well, yes, there's there's that. I mean, and some of the things they're teaching, even people that have podcasts, for example. God bless everyone that has a a podcast. We love podcasters. Yes, cheers to podcasts. But I've heard some herbal podcasts that gave me pause. Mm-hmm. And they're in that. If you're in a podcast position, you're in a teaching position, right? And yeah. the kind of things that they're sharing with other people is not. It doesn't fit the reality that I have noted over the last thirty some odd years of mm-hmm. being herbalist, and it concerns me. Mm-hmm. So having something like this, if we can go through and say this, this is what I've learned. Here's the proof in the pudding. Wherever. Yeah. Whoever's giving that, it, it's fine. And then be able to be in those more extreme, you know, going to Haiti as you did and helping people in those situations there. If that's what you feel like you need to go to there and there's a lot of people in some pretty serious need, then you should be able to show a, a doctor or whatever. Here's here's this piece of paper and actually mean something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know that doesn't mean that the other pieces of paper don't mean something to other practitioners and other right. types of herbalism because there are a, a ton of them. We, yeah. we have a diverse planet and and diverse cultures, but for people that be working in a specific type of clinic or you know, mm-hmm. I mean, that's of course the way I think. Sure, but we're going to be in hospitals. That well, that is our destiny. Even even like I mean. We're sitting in my clinic, right? It's right. my house, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But even yeah. in this setting, I have people come to me who are on a battery of pharmaceuticals or they've been through a battery of different tests and things that they've done or yeah. they've had various procedures performed in years past, sometimes recent, sometimes not. Mm-hmm. And I need to understand that stuff. And Honestly, I don't trust the medical community, the allopathic community, to know how any plant will interact with the stuff they're doing. They haven't been taught. So it's my job to make sure that all those pharmaceuticals are not, that I'm not offering an herb or suggesting an herb that's going to be problematic for Mm -hmm. this client. 
That's it's very my true. job, not their job, because they're not going to do it. They're not taught that. Yeah. I mean, what did I recently hear? They get less than ten hours of nutritional training, and that, in and an that's entire 10 hours more than the, what they had twenty years ago. in an entire coursework for a doctor, a physician, which is what does that come out to? Like eight years worth of training that they go through when you include residency. Mm-hmm. That's pitiful. Mm-hmm. So they they aren't going to know. Whether, you know, whether the magnesium that I may have suggested is going to interact adversely with the rest of the battery of stuff that they've got going on. Mm -hmm. So we all need to know what we're doing. And I'll take it one step farther. You know, being familiar with the modern medicine, I think, is a necessity for herbalists dealing with the complex modern problems. Yes. And. I don't think that herbalists, uh, well, we can't legally diagnose, and I don't think that that should be our problem. But uh, in a medical system where you're lucky to get three or four minutes with a physician, I think that herbalists uh, need to be familiar enough with modern medicine to double-check what uh, has been tested for and if a proper differential has been run and uh, if anything was missed. I have caught many cases where like the physician ran the test uh, and then didn't look at it, didn't see that the value was high. I've seen that, you bet. Or, and I've had this happen a couple of times. Somebody goes in for like a a thyroid test. Right, right. For the T4s, right? Well, no, I'm T3s. No, no, TSH, right? I've had, I've had uh, new doctors, uh, new nurse practitioners uh, look at a TSH test Mm -hmm. uh, and say, oh, that's high. That's great. That means your thyroid's working well. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, oh, no, that would be the opposite. That that's the opposite. Yeah. going for a high score here. Yes, even I know that. And, and you know, chances <laughs> yeah. are uh, the doctor would have uh, caught that and known what yes. it meant to if they had time 999 to yes. times out of 1,000. Yeah. But that one out of 1,000, when they're tired and they've seen 50 people that day and they glanced at it, and yeah. they had brain fog, you know, like yeah. people herbalists need to be familiar yeah. enough uh, yeah. with the uh, common modern medical procedures, complaints, and that's diagnoses. why you work with a team. Yes. That's why you work yeah. with a team. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I've seen too many herbalists that say, well, all, all modern medicine is horrible. Oh, no. You know, no. don't, don't, don't use Tylenol. Don't use whatever. Don't use any of that stuff. It's all poison. Like, I disagree with that stance. <laughs> I think I, I think that a variety and individual you have to decide on each individual. Yeah. Case and the and, des- and the patient has to decide yeah. what's their comfort level. Mm-hmm. You know, our job is to be healers, not prisoner takers. We're not supposed to be like converting the masses. This isn't a religion. This is right. a healing modality. Right. Yeah. Right. Oh boy. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think in any profession, there is going to be that personality type that uh, is the hard-driving fanatical, what we might refer to as a verbena personality type. Yes, yes. And and that exists. A zealot, right? And that exists in herbalism, and it exists in uh, Ayurveda and TCM and uh, naturopathy and, uh, you know, osteopathy and chiropractic, and Mm -hmm. it's... You know, there are many of these things that uh, aren't exclusive to a profession or a style of practice. Uh, They exist uh, as personality types and because we're human. And so I don't want to, you know, I don't want to denigrate people that uh, 
I don't want to denigrate a profession because some people are that way. Right. 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 So Very true. There are, I mean, there are shitty herbalists. And oh, there, hell yeah. And yeah. there are shitty there doctors mm-hmm. and shitty lawyers mm-hmm. and yeah. plumbers and electricians. And uh, mm-hmm. having a profession or an education or a certificate to, doesn't exempt you from incompetency. Mm-hmm. That is true. Yeah. That is so true. <laughs> But uh, we can, uh, I think, uh, start setting standards uh, that minimize the chance of incompetency. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's uh, what I'm trying to do. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, I wish I was living in your side of the country because I would love to go and and – because it would it would really push me. I would you love that. You do know that I have a I video studio set up in my classroom and live stream yes. the whole thing. And you do know that I have I taken. I've been doing that. I've yeah. been doing that. I mean, I have to do it piece at a time, but I've been doing that. Oh, the module. Yeah, my modules, I've been doing yeah. one bit at a time. Mm-hmm. I'm working, what? and I'm Say still. The things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I have a uh, I have a full time program that is uh, 1,600 hours over 11 months uh, that can be done on-site in North Carolina. But I also have a a recording studio in my classroom, and I live stream my full-time program. Um, The only on-site requirement is the final exam, but most of our online students come in as frequently as they can so that they can yeah. work out of our clinic and use our lab for medicine making. What what is there some kind of address or something? How do people get hold of it? Oh, just, just go just go to website? the website. Yeah. The yeah, website okay. is broken down into full time, part time. Yeah. Right. And mm-hmm. uh so I have the full time, which is uh, an eleven month, sixteen hundred hour program. And then I have a part time, which is mm-hmm. uh I think I'm at 32 or 33 modules uh, mm-hmm. um, that range from four hours to 30 hours each, uh, and they can be taken individually or they can be part of a certificate program. Right. Yeah, I have like fantasy, and I'm saying fantasy because I still have life to deal with, but I have a fantasy of doing the program and eventually turning it into a certificate program yeah right now i mean i've been doing just a module at a time i loved the fact that you had the jim mcdonald class that you did that was That's 20 hours what you were it talking was, about oh my god that was with so Matthew wonderful jim. it was just with jim and it, it oh, was right. just so this just last the humoral yes, yes the humoral it was mm-hmm. and for me there was like several points where it's like suddenly it clicked because yeah. I've read the humoral stuff and I've read Matthew Wood and it makes sense, but it's always this ephemeral, like I'm grasping and not quite getting it. And then that last piece of having Jim Jim there and, and you know, being able to ask questions. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just, that's when it finally clicked. I'm like, I finally have my hands on this. Yeah. It was wonderful. So yeah, I've been working through bit by bit slow. I'm always a turtle's pace. So, you know. Yeah. Well, (laughs) you know, we try to make uh, learning as accessible as possible. Mm -hmm. So we have these multiple options, the modules that you can take what you're interested in or the full-time intensive, which is, I kind of liken it to, you can, you can learn Spanish by taking uh, weekly classes at your local community college, or you can move to Guatemala for six months. Different learning types require different styles of teaching. And so we, yes. we try to accommodate that. But we're not the only school teaching great herbalism, right? Yes, uh, right. Um, uh, Lisa Ganora, the Colorado school. You have the Vermont school. Uh, you have Chris Smaka. You have some amazing mm. herb schools yes. all over the country that are doing... Uh, amazing work uh, in multiple realms uh, and uh, 
I honestly couldn't be prouder of being an herbalist. Uh, than, I mean, like just the growth in the field the last uh, five been, years. It's been amazing. It's, it's been amazing for me the last decade watching it just expand. And it's been amazing. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Wow. Well. All right. I so folks that. need to check in at the Journal of Functional Herbalism. Yep. Yes, so you can please. go to functionalherbalism.com. Our first journal is up. Uh, our second one uh, will hopefully be up by the time you're listening to this. Uh, <laughs> I am actually the only author who is late in submitting and I'm holding oh, the whole second oh, edition up. Uh, prima Donna. I, it's, it's, yeah. I, <laughs> It's, so the second second journal is uh, all on autoimmunity, and I'm currently uh, oh, rewriting wow. my ten step approach to autoimmunity. And we oh, have case history. I can hardly about, wait to see uh, that. You're talking about something about no inflammation at the Free Herbalism Project. No Free Herbalism oh. Project. I'm talking about building resilience. Yeah. So. So uh, it, d- it does have something to do with the immune system. No, it's. Uh, Nervous system. Yeah, it's uh, how oh. to increase your tolerance for daily life bullshit. Oh, I have nothing. <laughs> yes. I have I have this glass yes. of mead. <laughs> right. That is what I have. And, and sometimes that works, and sometimes you should... Yeah. Uh, throat punch. No, no throat punch. <laughs> no, no, taekwondo. Okay, okay. okay. Boot okay. to the head. I was You're going right. to say sometimes you <laughs> should uh, do a little gardening, take a walk yes. in nature. Yeah. Do yeah, deep true. breathing, progressive muscular relaxation, meditation, yes. uh, maybe some skullcap, wood betony, damiana, milky oats. You know, yep. we have things that can help us uh, being not as reactive. And, yeah. you know, I just to rant here, I really do think uh, our society and media pushes us towards that stress response and There's reactivity. Money in it. Because mm-hmm. uh, we become compulsive consumers yes. when we're in fight or flight. Yes, right? yes. And so how can we build a tolerance to that? To, and that's what I'm talking about at the Free Herbalism Project. Wow. It's okay. going to be fun. I think that's going to be good I'm going to be there. No, you're going to be there, God damn has got to work. Ha, ha. I'll get you later. That's I fine. know you will. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much for being here. Yes. Where can folks find you? Oh, yeah. So you can uh, go to functionalherbalism.com to check out the journal and our practitioner directory. And you can go to eclecticschoolofherbalmedicine.com to check out our school and classes. Lovely. Thank you very much for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. You know what we like to say? Put Put an an herb on it. The statements made about herbs and products on this podcast have not been evaluated by the United States Food and Drug Administration, FDA, and are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. All information provided on this podcast or any affiliated websites is for informational purposes only and is not intended as a substitute for advice from your physician or other healthcare professional. You should not use the information on this podcast and its affiliated websites for a diagnosis or treatment of any health problem. Always consult with a healthcare professional before starting any new vitamins, supplements, diet, or exercise program before taking any medication, or if you have or suspect you might have a health problem. Any testimonials, questions, or case studies are based on individual results and do not constitute a guarantee that you will achieve the same results.